Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Free Lutheran Church Sermon Archive. It's our hope that this message would encourage you in your faith and would help you to get to know God's love, grace, and mercy in a personal way. If you have any questions on the sermon or would like to know more about Maranatha, please visit us on the web at maranathafreelutheran.com or call our church office at 218-498-2808. Thank you, and may God bless. I think there's something about uh, turning from one year to the next that makes us look back a bit sometimes. I've been thinking about some things from my growing up years, and a day like today, I'm really glad that I'm not out on the Alice Chalmers WD-45 tractor with a loader pushing snow like I got to do when I was growing up. I was reminded of, uh, as I'm thinking of our text today here, when I was a young boy, I grew up on a dairy farm, and and, uh, we lived on a farm for a number of years where uh, it was my grandpa Goodham's farm, and he'd built this huge uh, five-bedroom farmhouse up on a hill, and then there was a very large uh, barn with an extra tall uh, hayloft in it. And my brothers and I, along with hired help, uh, for several of those years then stacked that hayloft full of a couple thousand square bales and uh, then later in our free time maybe in the winter and so on we would uh, restack some things and, and we'd make some secret forts in the hay and uh, sometimes our forts uh, were elaborate enough that we actually had some tunnels between them and I recall uh, on occasion playing hide-and-seek up there in the hayloft with some neighbor boys coming over that didn't know about the forts and the tunnels and uh, while one of them would be it, um, and counting down from 100 or something like that, then we'd hide in the fort, and then um, while he was busy looking for us, we could sneak uh, unnoticed into the other end, um, Haloff, through the tunnels. Well, last week, Pastor Ryan took us through the first 16 verses of this very short book of Jude, and he, and he covered a lot of ground there in those verses, giving us some fascinating examples from the Old Testament and from other literature that had some moral lessons and reminded us of ultimately of God's judgment on the ungodly. And Jude's main point though in this book really um, is to alert his hearers to the reality that there are certain people who had snuck in or crept into the Christian congregation unnoticed. And these certain people had ulterior motives and, and they were a serious threat to the life of the congregation because they were leading sincere Christians astray from the truth. And so they needed to be exposed and dealt with. And Jude's warning there is still relevant because today too, um, we are not just engaged in a harmless game of hide and seek. We are engaged in a spiritual battle for the eternal souls of men and women. And we have a sneaky enemy, Satan, who sometimes uses certain people to sneak in unnoticed and do harm within a congregation and within the Christian church at large. And so look with me today at Jude as we continue there, um, beginning with verse 17. By the way, Jude is that book right before the book of Revelation. I invite you to stand in reverence to God's word now as I read. (coughs) But you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you, in the last time there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause divisions, worldly people, devoid of the spirit. But you, beloved, 
building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. And have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. And to others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you for your word today through Jude. And Lord, may we understand the warning, the concern that he shares with us as we live in our society today and as we see a drifting away from the truth of your word. We pray now in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. In a recent uh, Maranatha newsletter lead article, I, I referenced an uh, author named J. Gresham Machen, who wrote a book called Christianity and Liberalism. He wrote it a hundred years ago, and in there he spelled out that theological liberalism um, is very different from Christianity. It ends up really being a whole different religion because it denies the divine inspiration of the Bible and the need for people to personally admit their sins and their need for Jesus' atoning death on the cross for them. Well, we shouldn't be surprised. The biblical authors like the apostle Peter and Paul, and then now here Jude, predicted that such apostasy would occur. And in our text today, Jude then gives three imperatives for the Christian church in days of apostasy. And by the way, what is apostasy? It's abandonment or renunciation of a religious belief. Another description of it is rejection of Christ by one who has been a Christian. So what are the three imperatives from Jude for us today? The first one is this, remember the predictions of the apostles. And as Pastor Ryan explained last week, Jude wasn't one of the 12 apostles. He was a half-brother of Jesus and a latecomer, really, to be a believer that Jesus was the Messiah. It seems that that occurred after Jesus' death on the cross and resurrection from the dead. But it is clear that Jude and his brother James truly did come to know Jesus, not just as their half-brother, but also as their Lord and their Savior. And Jude looked on himself then after that as a servant of Jesus and looked up to Peter as an apostle of Jesus. And so here Jude is referencing what we learned about when we went through 2 Peter a few weeks back. In 2 Peter chapter 3, it told us that there would be mockers in the last days. And here that's what Jude is saying as well in verse 17. You must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you, in the last time there will be scoffers. Or another translation says, mockers. Now, we certainly expect the unchurched to at times mock or scoff at some of our beliefs. They who are really only aware of the physical realm have a hard time believing in the spiritual realm and the miraculous. But what both Peter and Jude are predicting is that, that there would be mockers or scoffers within the church. Verse four, for certain people have crept in unnoticed. Well, how is it that folks that once at least outwardly appeared to believe the doctrines of the Christian faith stray away from them and later even make fun of some of those same beliefs? Verse eight has an answer for us here. 
instead of relying on the Bible as their final authority. They rely on their dreams and their fleshly desires, and they reject the authority of the historical Christianity and of the Holy Scriptures. Some of you might remember Pastor David Barnhart. He was an outspoken Free Lutheran pastor back in the 1980s who spoke out about apostasy in the Christian church around the time that this congregation was just forming, which back in 1987. And when I came here in 2009, that spring, he preached a series here of special meetings. He also wrote a book that was titled, based on these verses here in Jude. Um, his book was called Contending for the Faith. And his second chapter begins with these words, and I quote, the desire to avoid conflict is natural. Most Christians prefer to worship or engage in ministry rather than to oppose false doctrines or some pernicious evil that is being perpetuated on the church or, or society. Then he gives this illustration. He says, soldiers of past wars would have rather remained in the comfort of their homes than to have fought a bloody war across the ocean. But the choice was not theirs to make. Duty called and they obeyed. And today we enjoy cherished freedoms because of the sacrifices that men and women of the armed forces made on their behalf. And then he goes on to make this point. He says, as Christians, we occupy blood-bought ground purchased by Christ and kept for us by an army of faithful soldiers of the cross. And we must never take their sacrifices for granted or fail to understand our own personal obligations to pass on a living faith to the next generation." End quote. And so both Peter and now Jude have reminded us of the need to stand on the essential doctrines of the Christian faith and particularly on divine inspiration of the Bible and the substitutionary death of Jesus Christ on the cross for sinners. These are uncompromisable beliefs, apart from which one cannot be a Christian. And there are other doctrines that will vary among different denominations, which we can agree to disagree on. But these two are absolutely essential. And from these essentials then flow our understanding of God and of human nature and of standards and of right and wrong and perspectives on styles of worship and on the sacraments and many other things. Well. Both Peter and Jude have told us that mockers will come within the church. What is the mocker's motivation? If you look at verses 18 and 19, it tells us about that. It's, it's not true doctrine, but rather their own ungodly desires. They follow their own ungodly passions, verse 18 says. They are godless. That is, they do not know a personal relationship with God. They're not living with a mindset of serving him in all that they do but rather living to satisfy their mental and physical impulses. And so then they try to come up with theology to justify their lifestyles. And in so doing, then they turn God's grace into a license to live immorally. Verse 19 describes them as worldly-minded people, following their natural lusts and appetites without restraint or control. And they do so because they don't have the Holy Spirit of God living within them. Verse 19 reminds us they are devoid of the Spirit. They might claim to be led by the Spirit, but if they go against the clear teaching of the Bible which the Holy Spirit inspired, then that simply can't be true. One commentary uh, said this, when the Bible is declared outmoded, 
the resurrection denied, the saving death of Jesus watered down, or the biblical guidelines on sex and marriage made amendable to people's greed, and in all, all of that in the name of where the Spirit's leading us, we can be sure that the Spirit is not leading us there at all. Probably many of you have seen a banner outside some church walls with rainbow colors on it that's saying, God is still speaking. Well, yes, we agree God is still speaking, but he will not speak contrary to his unchanging written word as recorded in our Bibles. And he is still then speaking to our modern culture through that written word. And those who refuse to accept that as God's unchanging word are among those then that Jude talks about here and warns about. What is their agenda? Verse 19 tells us it's to cause divisions. They're not out to build up the body of Christ. They don't care if they tear it down. Instead, if they can just get their own way. And so they cause divisions based on their dreams or their feelings and their opinions. Well, what should true Christians do as such apostasy takes place in the organized Christianity? First of all, remember, the apostle said this would come. And then Jude goes on to say here, keep yourselves in the love of God. That is keep in the true Christian faith yourself, the, the cru- Christian faith that recognizes that the love of God our creator for sinful mankind caused him to send his son to this earth and, and to then go to the cross in order that he would be our savior from sin. Keep in that, stand on that. Or as verse three said, contend for the faith once delivered to the saints. So how does Jude say that we are to keep ourselves in the faith? If you look at those verses there, we see three participle phrases there. Now, participles are are words ending in I-N-G. So look for those there, okay? Building, praying, and waiting. First of all, building yourselves up in your most holy faith. Building something involves a process. It, It starts with a foundation, and then walls, and then rafters, and a roof, and then the interior, and so on. And it takes a long time to complete. Well, your Christian faith is like an ongoing building project that won't be complete until your life on this earth is over. And Jude is reminding us here that you aren't done with the building project yet. So don't get lazy. Don't become unemployed. You have a responsibility to keep on the project. And that means then continually learning more from the inerrant word of God and also continuing then in the company of fellow believers. A first sign that a Christian's falling away from the faith is a tendency to be a loner or, and cut yourself off from sources of encouragement and nurture. And in these days when many seem to be disillusioned with the organized Christian church, and some are for good reason and some are maybe just using that as, as an excuse, um, but you know there are all kinds of folks around us then in danger of falling away from the faith because they're starving themselves by neglecting the Bible and the fellowship of other believers. And in the next verses here, Jude reminds us we're to be concerned for them and we're to be going after them like, like the good shepherd goes after those uh, lost sheep. But before we go on to that, look back again at verse 20 here. And, and first we are to keep ourselves in a relationship with God by keeping on building ourselves and each other's up in the faith. And then also he mentions and praying in the Holy Spirit. Prayer is an important part of the Christian life, and yet many of us struggle to know how to pray at times, and we tend to think of ourselves as too busy to do so. 
It helps me to, re to realize concerning prayer that it's not me that takes the initiative to pray, but actually God has already taken the initiative with me. Um, through his inspired word, he invites us to pray. And uh, there are volumes of such invitations in the Bible. I want to just mention some of my favorites that come to my mind, and there are many more. But Matthew eleven twenty eight says this invitation, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Psalm 62, 8 says, Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me, and I'll answer you, and tell you great and mighty things that you, not, that you do not know. Or 1 John 1, 9, as we think of our sinfulness and hesitate maybe to come to God, he says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then those famous verses in Philippians chapter 4 where he says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God that surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Those are invitations from the Holy Spirit of God to pray, talk to God about things in our lives. He invites us to pray, and, and praying is a part and of, of keeping ourselves in the love of God. And, and Jude says here, a part of that also involves, the third part is we'll hear, waiting. Waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. We are to be waiting expectantly for that time when we will be freed at last from the deception that plagues this world. And, and we're to keep looking forward to that and to our eternal home and keep that eternal perspective always before us as Christians. And, and so Jude's imperatives here are to remember the apostles predicted that mockers and false teachers were gonna sneak into the church, keep ourselves strong in the love of God, and then lastly, he, he turns our focus from ourselves um, to, being, to those that are being deceived, those that are being led astray by the mockers. And, and he tells us here, have mercy on others. When we who are Christians have mercy on others, we're really just extending God's mercy to them. So how do we do that? How do we do that without just kind of winking at their sin? As we see folks around us who are drifting from the Christian faith and being drawn into unbiblical beliefs and ungodly lifestyles, we're to first of all remember that, but by the grace of God, there go I. And Jude says here, have mercy on those who don't. Another translation says, pity those who are wavering. Doubts are very real. We all struggle at times with doubts, don't we? We don't understand the ways of God and why he allows what he does. And so when a Christian brother or sister is experiencing doubts, they need a listening ear who will empathize with them, but who will still hold fast to the truth of God's word. I know during my college years, I had professors that at times mocked the Christian faith, caused doubts in my own mind. And I was so thankful that I had Christian brothers and sisters that I could talk with about the humanistic teachings that I was being exposed to. And I was thankful also for solid Christian literature that helped me to answer some of the questions that came to my mind. You know, those college-age years particularly seem to be a time that produces doubts and often results in a drifting from church involvement. 
I read recently that uh, roughly one third of young people are attending church less often today than they did before the pandemic. A 2022 study from the Survey Center on American Life found that the pandemic appears to have caused those who already had the weakest commitments to regular religious attendance, including young people and single folks and self-identified liberals, to stop attending church altogether at a much higher rate than other Americans. What can we do? What can we do to stem the tide? Well, we do what we can here to ground them in the faith while they're still in high school. And then, without being condescending, let them know when, when they're missed, when we don't see them around here. And then keep praying for them and look for ways to take an ongoing interest in their lives. Jude gives us another vivid picture here as he describes us showing mercy to those that are drawn away by the mockers. And he says, save those that you can snatch from the fire. Think back to the Old Testament example of when God's judgment fire was about to fall on Sodom and Gomorrah. God mercifully snatched Lot and his family from the fire. So he desires to show mercy on all who will turn to him before the final judgment. And we have a part to play in that, in snatching some from the coming fire as we in love go after those that are straying. And Jude adds one more description of our mission of mercy here. He says, show mercy with fear, hating even the garments polluted by the flesh. And you know, there are times when we see some fellow Christians slipping into blatant sin, where we need to be very aware that we too could be drawn into such things. And we are to hate the things that lure them away and to be very aware of the danger that sin can be to ourselves and to the Christian community. And we've been given some sober words here today. There is apostasy within the Christian church. And there are many who are being led astray by the mockers. And we are called then to be on the alert and to keep strong in God's word and in prayer as we wait for the return of Jesus Christ. And we are called to show mercy to those who are being drawn away and deceived and invite them back to the grace of God. I want to end, though, with some encouraging words. Jude's benediction in the last two verses is what I'm going to focus my message on next week. But here's just a reminder as, as we wrap it up here today of where the strength comes from to persevere. He says this, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy, to the only God our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forever. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you today for Jude's words, reminding us that some of the things we see around us in, in our culture and even in much of the Christian church in, in our land um, is something that was predicted, that there would be a falling away from the truth of your word and the essentials of, of Christian faith. And, and Lord, we pray that you would help us to have discernment, to see those things as, as they creep in. And, and Lord, we pray that you'd help us to be strong, each of us personally in our faith, that we'd be in your word and, and in the company of believers. And, and Lord, we pray that you would um, use our times together to strengthen us in our walk with you and in our witness uh, the watching world.
And Lord, perhaps there is someone listening even today that is struggling with doubts that are caused by circumstances in their life or, or teachings they are hearing that, that sound appealing that aren't the truth of your word. And, and we pray, Lord, that you would uh, expose those, those false beliefs and perspectives and that you would strengthen them in, in looking to you and, and your word. And, and Lord, maybe there are those on our hearts today that aren't here, those that are straying from the fold, those that are straying from their belief in you. We pray that you would use us to be your instruments to uh, show your grace and your mercy to them and invite them back to the fold. And Lord, to help them in answering the doubts and the questions that come their way and to be reminding them um, through our love for them of, of your love for them as well. Uh, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.